Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to Propaganda. It's brought to you by Levi Solicitors, who will do you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan, Michael and Moscow here in the studio with you for the show where we find out what's been said about Leeds United in relation to the most recent game, both by you and the opposition fans. Audio and video, if you're listening to the audio version, you can find this on YouTube and vice versa. First half of the show means that we take the temperature of what Leeds fans have been saying uh, via the feedback that our TSB Plus subscribers sent. Sorry? Because it's taking the temperature. Sizzling. Ah. People that hot? Yeah. Well, we won. We did win. And um, people were essentially like concentrating on the fact that we won. That everyone was just bothered about the three points, which I think is, is a fair reflection of what happened at the weekend. Uh, we at did Carrow get Road. three points. We did. That, that is a truth. A well, universal truth. We got them for winning. It ranged yeah. from... Glad to have won to Jesus Christ, how did we win? It was pretty much the range of emotion there. Nah, I thought we deserved to win, even though Farker didn't. I mean, we didn't have Farker's comments, did we, on the on the podcast? No. Uh, no on the match ball, time. sorry, because he, he hadn't yet spoken. But do we have the clip to hand now? I think, <laughs> did somebody send it over to me? Uh, I think, yeah, I think so. Someone said, well, I think we were the better team and I, I can't blame the players. They gave absolutely everything for me. They were trying so hard and in the dressing room, I could see them, all of the muscles were bulging and you could really tell that put everything into the game and honestly I don't know why those those horrible boys from Leeds uh, scored that goal it wasn't fair on Tim he did not deserve it he's a very good goalkeeper and 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 actually well if even if we go to the championship I'd rather be in the championship than be a bully in the Premier League very good thank you I thought that's what he said something like that anyway. echo the comments but uh, people did ask were we, actually, were we actually aware of the fact that we won I think to be honest the, the match ball we were just a little bit frazzled by the experience of of being put through the ringer by Leeds a little bit this season because it's not been fun up to this point, has it? We've not felt the same kind of joie de vivre, the joy of uh, of being in the top division. I think that we felt last year, even though last year felt quite tense. I think we forget, don't we, that last year was quite tense for the most part until we kind of knew for sure we were safe towards the back end of the season, and then everyone was like, "Oh, this is fun." I mean, we were talking before the we started recording about Fulham last season, weren't we? And saying, "Now, I think last year twenty nine points was enough to keep you up." and it was only when we beat Fulham in, which was like, was it middle of Feb or something? That everyone was like, okay, Fulham probably won't catch us. And as it was, we finished like 20 points ahead of them. Mm. But there was still that tension there. But that isn't to to say that we should pretend we are playing well, because we are not. We're not, but also, you know, as we were saying also before we started recording, we've got 10 points from 10 games. If we get one point per game, it'll be a shit horrible season, but it'll probably keep us up. 
You don't need to be great to stay up in this division, but I'd like us to be better. Well, I think we need more wins than Moscow said when he said to like five Four. wins. <laughs> <laughs> just, just one more win will keep us up. Well, that's the number of wins that teams have been going down with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if we get more than that, it gives us a, a fighting chance. It's kind of the point I was stumbling towards. There is normally a, a big gap between teams going down with four or five wins and then 17th place will have eight or nine. So ideally, we want to be up towards the 20 wins angle. Mm. But if worst happens, I think we will win more than four games this season and that will give us a, a better chance than Norwich are going to have. Yeah, I mean, Norwich were, Norwich are going down. Yeah, there's no two ways there's, about it. There's, I can't see a way out of this for them. I think that's the big thing to kind of take about our performance in this game is that we are we played much worse than we can play and I don't know if Norwich can play any better and that's the difference so we've got room to improve and we know that the team that we've got can play a lot better than it has so far this season whereas Norwich I mean uh, Farker I don't know if we have the audio of of this part of it (laughs) but he was saying that they'd uh, after he got through all the delusional guff about them being the better team and having momentum or whatever which I don't think was ever remotely true that they'd earmarked this game as one that they could really try and attack, be on the front foot and win. Whereas he also said that the games against uh, Chelsea and Manchester City and Liverpool says, we know we have no chance in these games, which you never hear Marcelo Bielsa. That didn't, that didn't sound like him. Well, that was just me doing an impression. I don't like it when people do impressions of him. No, it's never going to be as good. But you never hear Marcelo Bielsa saying, we don't have a chance against Manchester City. You'd say it's very... Difficult because of the economic circumstances, quality of the players to overcome this opponent, but then we beat them. Yeah. Whereas Farker is here in, it was Halloween, saying, oh, we don't stand a chance against those. We do have a chance against Leeds, and they lost. Mm. So it's completely different scenarios, and I think um, the, I suppose as bad as we are, but hey, doesn't that give us much more room to improve? Well, let's be positive about it. But yeah, on the on the number of wins, Jeff P in the uh, in the feedback does say, what a relief, exclamation mark. Only eight more wins needed or three according to Moscow, which is absolutely correct. <laughs> I think Pete picked up on something as well, saying it's strange how happy we all were with the one-all draw with Wolves and then this feels almost more like a defeat and that has come through. I mean, well, he says like, it feels almost like a draw. He didn't say defeat. Come on. It feels almost like a draw, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say that, that's, like, like, that's so negative that, you know, it's, felt, that's Michael negative. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get on to Heroes and Villains later, obviously, but there is a very large number of Leeds United nominations for a, a game that we did actually win. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was stressful, and as much as the win did kind of alleviate a bit of stress, I think there's enough nagging doubts in the background that that people are still not exactly happy. No, I mean the other side of this is that if we actually beat Leicester on Sunday, it's all fine. It's it is all fine because we'll have hit 13 points. We'll be moving up towards mid table. It's two wins on the bounce, and suddenly the world looks a lot rosy, doesn't it? Whereas you just cannot imagine a side like Norwich or some of the other ones that are milling around near the bottom doing the same and winning two on the bounce. So it'd be a a good chance for it to lay down a positive marker as well as swimming in all this absolute terror. And there's that weird perception of form about teams that we don't watch as often as we do Leeds, like Brentford being the, the Premier League's darlings, they've only won twice. And Crystal Palace, lots of people, because Conor Gallagher played well against Manchester City and they won that game. It's only their second win of the season. I think so, they've both been against teams with ten men as well when they've they've won the game. Yeah, so. Is that right? Yeah, and I watched. I tried watching. Uh, I might have made that up. <laughs> I tried watching Palace against. I mean, we could have researched um, it, but what's the point? I tried watching them against Arsenal. Yeah, they beat uh, Spurs, who were down to ten men. Although I mean, Spurs don't make much difference. 
I tried watching him against Arsenal to see what kind of Gallagher was like, and I was a bit distracted during it. But the one thing I remember him doing is um, trying to play a, a pass forward for their winger and just booting it out for a goal kick. So <laughs> he, he obviously is a lot better than that. But I think we can build up some of the other teams that we don't microanalyze um, in our minds to be much better than they are. And when you do look all the way up the table to Brentford have three wins, actually, don't they? And Palace have two, but Brentford are only two points ahead of us, is the thing. There's not a great deal... Hey, Jude. Don't be... Sorry. ...necessary for us to be mid-table again. I mean, loads of people have picked out, I mean, like, uh, Boney M, Johnny, Winnie, uh, Lee, Connor, Philip, all, like, problems remain. We know problems remain. Let's not dwell on it. Let's be positive today. (laughs) Come on. There were loads of positives to take out that game. We didn't actually, on the match ball, talk enough about Pascal Strout, because he was involved in both goals had a good game, his passing range was good. And I think also what you're saying there is like, you know, the, the micro analysis is that sometimes we lose sight of the good stuff that happened because we're so worried about the the little details of things that went wrong. And Strout was good, I thought. I think he didn't get a mention because he was good in a in a fairly understated way just at the back. And it felt like, well, he's only defending against Norwich. Like it's a it's a day off more or less, isn't it? Like Liam Cooper was fine. Yurente was fine. Well, if, it, if, stopped, it, if it was a day off mad. if it was a day off then why all the panic? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but he was good. I thought he was good. He was playing a weird sort of role in this game because he was he was in a back three. But then when I looked at it, like his average position and where his touches were, and he was kind of he was a lot further forward than both Llorente and Cooper. Nathaniel mentions it. Yes, I'm not sure if mentioned, but Strauch for bringing the ball out from the back like prime Beckenbauer. Um, I don't know if he was trying to referee the game at the same time as well, like Beckenbauer, but uh, that one escaped my attention. It's one of the ways we try to overcome the dearth of players in midfield is when we have got three at the back it's one of them will be wandering up to help Calvin and sometimes it was Stroik and that's what we're talking about with Llorente trying to dribble around Pookie it's all around trying to get numbers into midfield while still having the extra man at the back and that's why Stroik is um, is very good for Bielsa's system because he has the ability to do Calvin's job um, which he's been getting better at when we've seen him there and can also do bits of that by just stepping out of defence and do it it's that whole thing where you know, I think Pep Guardiola says you don't look at positions anymore. You just look at attributes and what they can do when they happen to be standing in a certain area. And so Pascal Stroik is someone who can just, um, you know, if uh, Norwich's defender, uh, centre forward drops off, he can move into midfield and he can move back again. And it's all absolutely fine. Same with the all the players up front where um, it didn't really work very well. But Bielsa was saying that he was trying to get Daniel James and Jackie Harrison to play like wingers to be. Um, getting onto through balls into the channels because Norwich had three at the back so you, you're you not doing a straight line run to the penalty spot you're trying to get either side of them and, and turn them around and confuse them which um, you know if they were any good it might have worked I kid I kid I'm sorry a I lot, like Jack I'm glad Jackie's hair is uh, shorter now a number of people did pick up on the, the Jackie stroke well mainly Jackie but also the, the Jackie James. James axis of evil is that what it's been described <laughs> the as one, the yeah. scum well of course Jackie Harrison yeah. played for scum didn't he as well so ah, at one point have we, unco- like, have we uncovered something here when he was like 13 admittedly so hidden in plain sight Michael maybe we can forgive him but yes um, Noel Whelan's discount telly sales did say that Harrison was awful but him and James constantly on top of each other seems to be the issue we're trying to play one as a winger and one as a striker but seemingly not telling them which is playing which yeah and it's new shit they're doing as you're saying play like you play there but somewhere else that you're not used to being it's confusing isn't it they've yeah, yeah, I mean, both played there before Harrison's done a bit of it for us in the past and James is a Senate forward internationally, so it's not too alien, but... Is he? Well, he plays through the middle. 
for Wales. I don't know if you call him centre forward necessarily because they've got Kiefer more for that, but he's central. It sort of plays off him, doesn't he? Really? Yeah. yeah. It's like and a, they've got Tyler Roberts as well. So if he's getting in ahead of uh, Tyler uh, Roberts in that position, well, he must exactly. Be good. Yeah. Um, says a lot about his standing in the. Um, he's practically prime minister of Wales. I feel a lot better now. It's uh, Tuesday lunchtime that we're recording, so I feel better about the win than I did on on Saturday because it was stressful because we needed to get it done, didn't we? And Bielsa, in his comments, spoke about alleviating the pressure on players who, you know, the mistakes creep into their games, don't they? When he, he tries to put them in a position where they can believe in themselves. Like we saw post-Forest, wasn't it? When Luke Ayling looked like he wanted the world to swallow him up. And he sat them all down and said, this is all the good stuff that you did. And they reminded they were reminded that... Good luck good, finding any of that at Norwich. They were reminded they're good footballers and had it within them and they, they produced that performance uh, at Brentford. It just feels, I don't know, we're, we're sort of gradually clawing our way back up there and hopefully building a bit of form and momentum. One thing I did want to talk about, though, referee. Uh, we did chat a bit about it on the match ball. What did you make to Taylor's performance? And I know we end up talking about VAR and refs every bloody week, but it was, it was distracting and annoying, wasn't it? He was very low-key... In some ways, in the in the way, because I don't think he made any spectacularly bad individual decisions. He just death by a thousand cuts managed to ruin a game by giving a free kick roughly every thirty seconds. Mm. He, yeah. he, there was no flow to the game, which probably didn't help us. I would say. Yeah, Sarah Sazi picked him out in particular on the feedback. He's going to get plenty of villain nominations as well, just to be a, just a spoiler just, alert. Just to, just to make your way. Yes, I think he may even have the most right. on there. So. Um, it made a change from all the Leeds players uh, who had to be nominated. I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this is me projecting or inventing something, but some of these refs seem to like the profile that they've got. It feels like watching it from the outside. Like they always used to say, the old adage goes that the best refs are the ones you don't notice, and yet you notice so many of them in the Premier League, don't you? I feel like he maybe just had a bit of a weird day, and and he's not normally that bad. A bit like Calvin, because maybe did, maybe he... we need to just cut him some slack and say this is just it was just an odd. Well, you you looked at the numbers, didn't you? Yeah, compared against our. League games so far and against Taylor's league games so far or whatever of Taylor's league games are covered on whoscored.com which was a bigger average than this season so a bigger number of games than this season so it must go back further but Taylor's average is 20.68 free kicks a game and in this one there were 37. Right. So it, something went wrong because it wasn't a dirty game either and we had four players booked Cody Drama for absolutely nothing uh, towards the end. That was weird wasn't it? Yeah. But I don't know I don't know what he was doing I don't know if it's because of the way Norwich were and they they we couldn't get out of their own half so they kept getting a lot it felt like they got a lot of soft free kicks where the ref kind of felt a bit sorry for them because he was like oh that's that's a bit unfair they ran towards him a bit fast there that's not really fair I'll just give them a free kick because otherwise it looks like leads are breaking and then it might cause an issue for me if, if I'm you know giving a goal on the back of that so it was it was it was an odd performance the uh, the factors you're not considering are that Norwich are the second most fouled team in the Premier League this season, one foul behind Grealishless Aston Villa, who've somehow managed to maintain their superiority as the most foul team in the division. Do you see the bloke rolling around? By the way, he went full Adrian, didn't he? Adrian, uh, are the Villa player? Yeah. Mm. yeah, it was good. It was good. So Norwich are the mo- uh, second most fouled team in the division, and Leeds are the second most fouling team in the division. So there may be something down to the players perhaps committing too many fouls that meant. No, it's a conspiracy. Many free kicks. It's a conspiracy against um, us. It's interesting that Norwich are that because given they're a team that don't particularly dominate possession, like Man City being the most fouled, kind of makes yeah, sense because they have the ball all the time. Them. Yeah, I think. But Norwich are shit. And you saw with a lot of them. I think that's what was annoying and why you do look at Anthony Taylor and wonder about the refereeing performance was because a lot of the free kicks were just kind of little 
nudges in the back or taps to the ankles where the Norwich players were going down very easily. And I think maybe Farker's only thing you can tell them is, well, if you can't get the ball to Pookie, then maybe you'll just go on the ground. Mm. Yeah, it did It did feel like that. It felt like he, he the ref allowed them an easy way out quite often by just being like, the, it's the Luke Ayling free kicks is yeah. essentially what, is what, is what they all were just those ones where you kind of go oh come on yeah apart from when Luke Ayling does it and you technically go, it's a foul you, you're going to go technically it's a foul it's a free kick but we don't want to see that do mm. we no, it, 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 I mean given the way Norwich were playing as well they just had players who were at the back trying to occasionally run forward with the ball who really weren't capable of doing it like mm. Kabak just kept running forward and losing the ball over and over again and then Hanley would cabbage more like have a exactly Hanley would have a little look at doing it and then think, I'm Grant Hanley. I can't, that I, sounds I, like can't, Hanley. I can't do this. I'll just kick it towards the old ginger screech fella up front. Yeah. Who was absolutely awful, by the way. Sergeant. Sergeant. I, I can't understand how he's in the Premier League. They paid actual money for him. He's an international footballer. Yeah, but not really. Is he American? Yes. Yeah, I mean, Josie Altidore was an American striker as well, wasn't he? Do you remember how bad he was in the Premier League? Mm. He's, he's just a. He just looks like an absolute lump up front. No, Kobe Jones is he? Is it Kobe Jones? Yeah, Kobe Jones. He was better. Alexi Lalas. I'm trying to think of other. Robbie Rogers. Yeah, best Premier League. Well, not quite Premier League. Yeah, he American never made it, no. he? Bless him. He would have done though, mm. and he would have been the best. Him and Eddie Lewis, uh, left side to, to fear. Uh, Michael, I want to um, come to you on this as our expert in coaching and tactical advice. Uh, Brian, on the feedback, has suggested we need to indulge in less hard kicking at each other. Enough is enough. It sounds like Brian's at the end of his tether. I think it's the passing he's criticising there, isn't it? The hard kicking passing. Which when we did go down to um, the training ground to not meet Bielsa, as it turned out, we did see them training. And I did remark on, well, I think we all did, of just how hard they were kicking it to each other. I think it's how you... How you create dynamic play, though, isn't it? Because it's it's harder for the opposition to stop it. And when you're I, doing the hard I got back to my own extensive experience as a child of being coached, and I remember being told it's easier to control a football that's hit to you quite hard than one that's under hit. That's not true. Don't know. <laughs> I think you've been lied to there. Yeah, I, is I it all? It's, is it all a? I think it's just a it's, joke. Is it all wrong? It's Everything just not working. Is the thing that's going wrong? I think the hard kicking is fine. We're just not kicking it at each other as often as we should. Right. Fair point. Yeah. Um, and one point to make that people have picked out. Um, I don't think we spoke about him, or did we, on the match ball? Bamford, Toby Lerone, good name again, um, back on this week. Andrew Larkin, Lee, Winnie all talking about missing Bamford's energy up front terribly. And it, and it feeds into what we were saying about the wingers playing as strikers experiment that we're trying at the minute. You put Bamford back in there and it just solves a hell of a lot of problems, doesn't it? I mean, his form wasn't brilliant prior to his injury, but I think the more we see the team without him, the more you realise no one else can play the same way as him and even if even if maybe things aren't going for him in a game it just changes the shape of us and it means we can have more players in, in their actual right positions whereas it feels like at the moment we're just kind of going through, we're kind of cycling through different lineups where things are not nothing's quite set up as it should be you know you've got Shackleton there you've got Dan James or Jackie or Rodrigo or Tyler Roberts trying to play up front for a little bit seeing if they can do the same thing and they just can't so it's I'm vaguely hopeful is that uh, yeah I suppose I am that when when he gets back and when we have a full a fully fit squad again, it'll be something closer to what we recognise. It will look more, yeah. It will look more like old Leeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fully fit squad is definitely a big factor. No Bamford, and it's also the the quality and the status of the players that are missing. Bamford is, I know it's only Andorra, but he's an England international. Luke Ayling's been brilliant at right back for us for however many seasons, and um, Shackleton ain't quite getting up to that standard, and then. Furpo also wasn't brilliant before getting injured and had a, a rocky start, but is actually a left back, so is an alternative to 
to Dallas and then it frees up Dallas can be back in midfield where we, we can use him there instead. So, but yeah, Furpo should be a good player in theory. So that's another big miss. And Calvin, who wasn't very good against Norwich, but was injured enough to miss England duty and also a Leeds United match. So this is the, the factor of not only injuries, but full fitness. And um, we didn't mention it when Harrison was uh, touched on. We'll probably bring it up now and then we can just be mean about him for his villain nominations. But the after effects of COVID, you wonder whether that's something that's kind of, you put that two and two together with his mysterious rib injury and say he's just, he's, he's not quite there. Is it a mysterious there. rib injury like Prince had? No. Okay, just wondered. I don't think it's anything like that. Okay. Um, unless you have other information. No, no, it was a question, not a statement. Was the, a question. Uh, I was reading the the athletics thing about um, Ben Godfrey at Everton and him, the effects of kind of COVID on him. And I think it's getting, now that's such a, almost a normal part of life itself. Footballer X has got COVID, it's fine. It is a disease that has killed a lot of people and has a, a severe toll on the health of, others and is still because it's new it's not a known quantity yet is it? yeah and managing the recovery and knowing what the after effects are is all quite new to physios and doctors and uh, the equivalents of rob price at other clubs so and we now have the testimony of Stuart dallas saying that yeah since he had uh covid earlier in the season his energy levels just haven't been the same as they should be and he's found it harder to play that way so how much uh, that is a factor upon us, who knows? Would, uh, or the alternative, as we'll probably say later, is he's just terrible and should <laughs> go away. The way you've described it, was was John Kevin Augustan possibly the original victim of COVID? Because he, he could never do it, could he? He was always tired, that's what they said. Very, very, very long COVID. But anyway, um, we, he, we never signed him. Lots of love for Rafinha uh, in this, as well as a, some question marks of whether he's doing too much, but... Let's finish on a positive and say that it's all going to be all right. There are enough people in the comments and the feedback saying it's all going to be all right. Some wildly confident. Andrew Larkin describes us as whining maggots, uh, the lot of you, presuming means us three, for our stress levels at the weekend. And Kit as well has been on saying, you know, we're better than a number of teams, Norwich, Burnley, Newcastle and Watford. Uh, likely better than Brentford, Southampton, Palace and Wolves. Arguably better than Villa, Everton and Brighton. So we've got nothing to worry about in terms of relegation. He says, if Thomas Frank had done his job properly and beaten Burnley, we would be six points clear of the bottom three, which would make us closer to Europe than relegation. I mean, we are, uh, so Scum are fifth in the, I don't know what the Conference League qualifications are, but we're only seven points. It was two wins and a draw off Europe. That's easy to get, isn't it? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not gone. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In this part of the show, we will get the feedback from the Norwich side. Uh, and it's all a little bit sad, isn't it, Michael? I mean, Norwich fans are nice, aren't they? That's the thing. You never hear a Norwich fans causing bother, do you? They need, they need to stop protesting against the Glazers, that's what I think. Green and gold until we're sold, etc. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of, even when they're winning, they're quite nice with it, aren't they? Like, they, don't, they wouldn't really get in your face. And now they're losing. They're just really sad about it. You can't imagine them attacking Scarfers on the way back to the station, that kind of thing, can you? No, and if, and if things are, like, if they, if they are, well, they are going down the season, aren't they? But no one's going to run on the pitch and throw season tickets in anyone's face or, like, chuck a cabbage at the manager or anything like that, so. If the manager had a cabbage thrown at him, and Norwich. How do you think he'd react? If life gives you cabbages, make a uh, cabbage soup. <laughs> Very good. Maybe. Surely it's um Oh the German one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which none of us can remember. Uh sauerkraut. There we go. Yes. Do it again. <laughs> Run the tape again, I mean. It must have been a, an error on the recording. <laughs> if life gives you cabbages, make sauerkraut. Hey, that's, what he, that's what he would have obviously. He would have said that, yeah. Obviously would have. Right, so what, what have we got then? Um, just sadness mainly from Norwich? Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the, the Kubler-Ross grief cycle, and uh, which you kind of go through anger. So and six, five, six, seven five, stages. Five stages of it, yeah. So you kind of start with anger, and towards yeah. the end you get depression and then acceptance. And they're, yeah. they're definitely in the final stages of this, even though they're, what, they are ten, 10 games, games into the season. <laughs> they're kind of going... Yeah. yeah, it's over, isn't it? Yeah, that's this is this is not really worth doing, is it? Um, first of all, we're going to hear from Michael Bailey, who Leeds fans oh. might remember. <laughs> yes, accused Leeds of um, trying to sonically interfere with Norwich's it made, it made, players. It made out like it was, uh, what was it? What was the camp called where they interred all the prisoners? Like in Guantanamo <laughs> Bay or yeah. something. Yeah. Pumping out white noise and disturbing noise to try and throw people off. And yeah, it was in the promotion a campaign that there was a uh, Norwich attacking and um, our PA just did what it always does to start making a load of noise and he was convinced that it was a, a, a pre-planned attempt to put Norwich off. Which yeah. Somebody like, sat in the stand with a finger on a button ready when Norwich were going forward. Absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. he works for the Athletic now who are a great bunch of lads, we should say. It, uh, yes. Failed upwards, hasn't he? <laughs> 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 but yes, uh, you um, you do. They do say you can judge a man by the company he keeps. Yeah. Um, and this is this is who he's sitting with. I mean, it was a fascinating game to watch, um, especially sat next to my colleague Phil Hay at the Athletic, who covers Leeds, obviously, um, which is lovely to see Phil. Sick, well, we, sick bastard. We see him every week, don't we? It's not that thrilling. It's awful. It's yeah. awful having to sit with him every <laughs> week. I mean, he's wrong about it being a fascinating game as well. It was, it was pretty bad. It depends, depends what your standards are, doesn't it? I mean, if you're Norwich and you're absolutely abysmal, that's the closest they've come to remotely putting a laying a glove on someone, and they were still terrible. So, yeah, you know, fair enough. Um, he didn't think we were very good either. Though. No, did he not? Who cares? 
you know, Norwich went into this game thinking it was a wonderful chance to to really get this first goal. A lot had been said during the week and this first this first win. A lot had been said during the week. Uh, but the sentiment was the same for Leeds, who were difficult. And actually, I was kind of really disappointed with Leeds. I thought, I thought, as I said, Rafinha stood out as their as their sharpest tool in the box, really by a distance. Um, that would be a worry for them, I would I would say, um, because part of the frustration with Norwich today is that that Leeds side looked as poor as any team they've really faced this year. I, I thought Watford probably looked better, to be honest, on today's evidence, which is maybe not a fair judge. Obviously, I'm only looking after it over 90 minutes, but Leeds will need to improve a lot. Um, which kind of brings me down to, to the main point of this video, which is that, I mean, Norwich aren't good enough, are they? Nope. <laughs> no, they are not. We've got some white noise we can listen to instead. We could. Make about as much sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he, he, I think he, he slipped up there and said the goal that they were looking forward to. But it, I think he meant he meant win. But actually, yes, they have they have scored three goals this season. And yeah, we, and I think we know that you know we we spoke about on the match ball about Rafinha being our sort of game changer. But you know, let's not forget we are freshly up and we have Rafinha and he is a game changer. But we also have other very very class players who maybe didn't show their class as much. Rodrigo scored the winner. Well, exactly. And, and Phillips is there, and whilst he wasn't on his full game at the weekend, he, he still set it up. bloody good. The other point is, we came up and finished ninth. Compare that to where they are, and we've had a bit of early season struggle. I don't think you want to be dishing out lessons in how to stay up, do you, really, as a Norwich fan? But he does then go on to just ex- explain how fully knackered they are. Which is nice. Which is funny. There are, I could sit here for the next two minutes and tell you all the wonderful ways that Daniel Farker could build on some of the promising signs or or work through the coaching to make Norwich better. But we're 10 games in. They've got two points, two goals, three goals, three goals now. And you do wonder to what end that is um, when Norwich are just incapable of developing whilst picking up the positive results that keep them in the picture. Because to be brutally honest... I've heard a lot of people saying, "Oh, they're not cut adrift. They're not cut adrift. They look cut adrift." They are tonight. There is a there there is a big gap between the teams that are battling for survival and Norwich. <laughs> I mean, you can hear in that little nervous laugh at the end. He's searching so desperately just for something, anything, and there's nothing. Is there? There's nothing there. It's been a while since we heard Ken Bates length pauses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he is just going. Well, if, uh, maybe there's a. But some people are saying maybe we're not cut adrift. But you two are points. Mm, yeah. it's, two points. It's kind of ten not games, two points. <laughs> looking great. I mean, they are in with a, a decent chance of breaking the record, which is nice. Something to aim for, isn't it? Norris McWhorter will be proud of them. Yeah, get in the record books. Do it. Right onto the Pinken, which is is that their paper down there that does sport? I think so. Yeah, he was uh, just praising the Leeds fans, more or less. Good. In in the absence of anything else to talk about, great, aren't we? I wouldn't have said it was a rip roaring atmosphere. Um, I think the, the the Barclay and the Snake Pit made their their general effort. I don't think the rest of the stadium really did. I don't think there was a big reaction to what Stuart Webber had said in the week. The sort of questioning and the criticism of the fans almost trying to get a reaction. I think there were obviously moments and, and the goal and things like that. But I don't think there was a, a huge atmosphere. It's certainly the Leeds fans were louder the majority of the time as they, they usually are. They're pretty vociferous, aren't they, in their celebrations at the end they were gleefully saying that's why you're going down and, and all that sort of stuff 
Well, there's just a little bits of needle towards each other, the sporting director and the fans, and they're all just challenging each other to rise up. None of them are doing it, are they? Samba de Janeiro was the song that we couldn't quite find the name of uh, for their goal music, wasn't it? It also sounded like someone was throwing plastic bottles at him as he was speaking then. You could just hear them clattering around him. It was feeding time in the snake pit. Well, yeah, that sounds, sounds scary, doesn't it? I mean, that's is that that must be the way it looks or something, rather than actually the fact it's full of Gary Monks. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're not natural... Um, allies, the snake and the canary, you wouldn't think <laughs> no. putting those two together. I believe, have you ever put a snake down a mine, a coal mine? I think it's because, you remember they used to have Robert Chase as their chairman and there was all mm-hmm. kinds of problems. So when they were protesting about him. Chase out, I remember that. Somebody apparently wrote to the local paper uh, saying that the fans were like a bunch of snakes, <laughs> Norwich fans. And um, and it stuck and now, and yeah, the immediate way that you were uh, you sort of take the fun out of a, a fan-led protest um, and self-styled snake pit is the, the formalised it. So it is, yeah, it's the Carroll Road snake pit. I think it's one of the corners. But yeah, Terrifying. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he does, I mean, he, I kind of agreed with him the first time around saying Norwich are shit, Leeds are great, which, is, which I think is the summary yeah, yeah. of what he said. But th- this second thing he says is very, very controversial. Nobody wants to hear it now, do they? Nobody wants to hear what Daniel Farker's got to say. Ooh, I mean, we do. Many times over. You have broken my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit harsh. I mean, what was their points total in the championship last year? Didn't 97. It? Yeah, I mean, that's not bad, is it? They did okay with him, and um, he brought them up the season before that as well, didn't he? So he's done quite well for them, and they should be grateful. <laughs> and the least that they can do is listen to him uh, talk talking bollocks. Bollocks, yeah. No, things are never going to get any better, so just stick with him. Stick with him in this loveless marriage. <laughs> it is weird, because normally you would... A team that goes down as badly as Norwich did last time, they do normally struggle, like Sheffield United have, have done it, and you know, normally if you if you get absolutely spanked every single week, that does carry over, but they just completely started afresh and got on with it and strolled out of the championship again. Whereas we were in there for years making it look incredibly difficult. Mm. They do seem to... Farker does know his way out of there, so maybe we can get him next season. They um, they seem to be more worried about us than themselves, though. Norwich talk. I wouldn't... I, I would also be kind of worried if I was a Leeds fan. Yeah. They were but like, at the same time, they, they weren't, were they? And that's what makes today hurt. Mm. But they, they're, they're kind of... I think they're on the back end of, a, of an injury crisis. They hadn't signed many players in the window. Um, and Still, you look at that 11. Very good. And the talent they have in that 11 should be performing so much better than they did. If Bielsa can get them back performing, I wouldn't be worried. I mean, so there was a caveat there. I mean, they, they start off saying that I think they're trying to talk us into a relegation battle with them. And then by the end, they're like, oh, no, he'll be fine, probably. We're just going to be by ourselves down at the bottom. But then the um, this is where just the the sheer desperation and, and sadness kicks in for them. And then they're right, you know, about this and Leeds fans should be worried. Let's face it, by and large, Leeds fans are a bit worried because mm. we're not where we want to be. However, it's always nice to remind yourself that there are other folks much worse off than you, and these are those folks. At the moment, there's nothing. It's not like I can sit here and tell you, oh yeah, we were defensively solid today. We were just unlucky up top. We need a bit more up top. There's nothing to cling on to um, at all. The walls of the snake pit. You need to get Darren Huckabee in and play the kids, don't they? Huckabee piped up actually on Twitter over the weekend, referring to Norwich as we, and Leeds as Leeds. In fairness, he did do better for Norwich than us. Yeah. I mean... Did he, though? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, think, I don't think any Leeds fans would be 
welcoming him as a returning hero, would they? It's... No, you'd be happy to see him back because yeah. he's, he's fine. But... It'd be a flying visit because he wouldn't know when to stop, would he? He'd just yeah. run straight through and off into the distance like Forrest. Uh, Forrest Gump, that is, not Nottingham. Uh, right, what else have we got from Norwich Talk? <laughs> he's trying to work out where it's going wrong and he starts with the midfield and then, it, <laughs> and then the problem quickly Defense, spreads. Attack, is it? <laughs> there was nothing in midfield. There was no plan in midfield. Kenny McLean, I thought, was really, really poor today. Norman was okay. Norman, when you're scraping the barrel, was was good, but he has nothing... I, th- there's nothing in front of him, or, nor really behind him. They've got one player. There's one player who was alright. If you're, scra- if you're scraping him. the barrel. With nothing around him. Jesus. Didn't they, they... They're kind of the opposite to us. That They bought like 10 players with mm. the Wendy money, and to be describing themselves as scraping the barrel when it comes to the players that they've got. I think they should um, they should count themselves lucky to have players of the quality of... Oh, they've had Ken McLean for a while, actually, by the looks of things. Yeah, if only we had a, a Ken McLean or a... A Norman. A Norman with two ends to uh, to make everything better. Norman does normally have two ends. One at the start, one at the end. Or oh, he's got three then, hasn't he? <laughs> Fair enough. Just uh, two where you wouldn't expect them. Uh, Fusion Josh, it's a clip that did the rounds on Twitter. He's um, new. Over the weekend, wasn't he? He's a neutral fan. He's some sort of London-based fan, is he? He I just meant Norman. All right. <laughs> He's on loan from Rostov. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, Fusion Josh, he just goes to lead, uh, Leeds games, league games anywhere in the world, essentially. and Makes videos of them. Makes videos of them. Uh, this was his summary of things. Yeah, you'll have, you'll have heard, heard him talking about the Rafa goal and kind of talking through that, which we've got in a minute, but this is him um, talking about the game at half-time. Half-time, nil-nil, and I, I think that was the most boring half of football I think I've ever watched in my life. Right, teams are out for the second half. They can't be much worse than that, surely. If the second half's as bad as that first half, and I think I've just watched the worst game of my life. It's these kids in it, Gen Z. No attention span. It's not, I mean... They want 15 goals in FIFA. That's what they want. If anyone's got videos of the, the Neil Warnock era at Leeds United, they could probably show me something worse. But I can see from a neutral point of view, there was not a lot to... We should keep his nose out then, about. shouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what the heck's... It's not now to do with him. Well, he, he's made it about him. Sorry if he was <laughs> bored, but just don't go. <laughs> it's, it's a fair point. Um, let's hear the Rafa goal then, shall we? There goes Rafinha. Shoot, he's got a shoot, got a shoot. What a goal. What a goal. That's a great goal, that. Rafinha, that, that is why, that's what he does. That's what he does best. And that is 1-0 Leeds. I'll tell you what, that was absolute limbs in there too. Limbs in there. That was the first time I think I've actually seen Leeds limbs in real life, so fair play. Great fans. They don't get out much, do they? I mean, the best part of that is hearing the crowd mm. cheering and then hearing the crowd singing. So if Josh <laughs> just shut up. isn't enjoying himself, <laughs> maybe the best thing he could do is just buy the ticket, go in, put the tape recorder on the seat and then go shopping. Mm. Come back and pick it up later and then just upload it to YouTube. Mm-hmm. He, he did seem very impressed by our um, our fans, and he, he was during the process of filming this. He he is focusing on our fans who are kind of at the opposite corner of the ground, but it does look good. Yeah, it does. I, I think I forget. Well, I'm glad how... we've got Josh's validation uh, now. I, th- I think we do forget sometimes just how anomalous our fans are because we still sing and create an atmosphere. You know, it's it seems to have died out largely as the Premier League has become more because everybody's neutral, gone in with a phone to just. <laughs> 
<laughs> film the Leeds fans and talk over them. I mean, there is a handy contrast, which I've not included because you, you need to really see it to understand it, but it's um, when the Norwich goal is scored, him, him going, oh, it's mad in here, and he just pans around and you can just see people <laughs> applauding and kind of there's a little bit of people rubbing each other's shoulders and that sort of stuff going on. There's a fire alarm going off in the background as well <laughs> as we record this, right? So we're not, um, we're not on fire, we should stress. That's well, we don't know yet, do we? But yeah, there like is there is, <laughs> there is then a, a the nice contrast with the Norwich fans and they've got the goal music going and it just looks shit. Admittedly, I think it's kind of the West Standy bit of Norwich by the looks of it. It looks like a bit of an older crowd. Mm. Where does the shoulder rubbing come in? Well, people just like the person next to him, like that was good, wasn't it? It's like, like a head a, and shoulders advert, like, like a little, um, a little arm around the shoulder. Like, it's, yes, it's no snake pit where they're doing high fives, is it? Hey, <laughs> steady lads. Right, let's uh, hear the Rodrigo goal. Oh no, Tim Krul. Oh no, Tim Krul. What a mistake! It slipped under him. Oh my days. Oh, absolute carnage in there. Oh, it's absolute carnage. It's a flam. Oh no. Tim Krull, Tim Krull, mate, you've had an absolute mare. Painting pictures with words. <laughs> Did he say there was a flan? It sounded like a flan, yeah. Yeah. It looked like a quiche to me, but I mean, there was carnage and then there was a flan and then he just sounded absolutely distraught by what he was saying. Did he mean flair? Seeing. Did he mean flair? I don't know what he meant. He was definitely looking at the Leeds fans at that point. I mean, Did he, he mean, sounded... Did he mean a custard? He sounded actually concerned, didn't he? He was like, oh no. Oh no. Oh flan. no. Oh no. This, oh dear. It's carnage. As if he's, it's not one of Delia's recipes. <laughs> <laughs> Commentating on a car crash. I'm glad we established it was Tim Krul in goal for uh, Norwich. Anyway, I'd, I'd been wondering. Bless him. Leave him to his content creation. He's having a nice time doing it. And if he's putting money into the coffers of Norwich City and getting to witness How does that help then, me? Then he's having a nice time. Let him be. Well, in truth, it was like kind of slim pickings with Norwich firm, <laughs> Norwich content. So, you know, thank you for doing it, Josh. Yeah. Because at least you weren't just reasonable and sad like everyone else who we had to listen to. I wanted someone like pissed off about Rafinha or something, but everyone was just like, oh, he's good, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he is. Oh, I wish we had some good players. I wish he, we had some he is good. And we should mention with Rafinha, he went through three people's legs, did that goal, didn't it? Did indeed. Which is hilarious. Uh, right, then we've got this clip. We'll end with Rafinha then. It's just a bit of um, South American commentary on our goals. This is when I was I was actually just searching YouTube for sad Norwich fans, mm. looking for Leeds Norwich, and I came across this and I just quite liked it. E viene Rafinha, Ngaggi Pele, Rafinha, 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 gol! Gol, gol. Delete, Rafinha! Equipo de todo, nada, por todas partes. Centro, ahí está! Gol de Rodrigo! It certainly evokes the same emotions as Josh, doesn't it? That <laughs> bless him. I mean, it's too, it was too much excitement for for the standard of game. Truth be told, yeah, yeah, that, that he's overcompensated. I feel there. I like. I mean, does that guy do like Papa John's trophy and stuff as well? Is he, <laughs> is he reacting to a Tranmere consolation goal or whatever in the same way as that? I'm not sure, but oh. it was uh, it was a bit of joy anyway, which was which was missing from Norwich. Well, we'll see what the opposition fans have to uh, say after Sunday's game with Leicester, uh, into the wider world of propaganda now then. Johnny United, he's back. You said you you made a little confession to me, didn't you? 
uh, in the kitchen before we started recording today that you're actually he's growing on you. Well, I quite like him. I think I like what I like about him is that he's got a complete disdain for all Man United fans. He hates them, <laughs> which I think is something we can get on board with. And he's really pissed off at the the level of their support. He kind of hates the fact that people are just back in Solskjaer and yeah. and the Glazers and stuff. And you know, fair play to him. And he's been copying a load of flack this week because ahead of the Spurs game. Um, he was saying that he wanted them to lose because then it would mean Solskjaer would be sacked. Obviously, we know now they didn't. He's a, Solskjaer is a manager eater, we now know. Which is kind of funny because I also do want to hear more from Johnny. And if, if Solskjaer goes, we're not going to, are we? So we need to keep him in post for as long as we can. Yeah, and for anybody who's new to this as well, Johnny United is a lad. He's from Bradford, isn't he? Man United fan. And he first came to our attention, obviously, around the Man United games like last year where he... he tends to go on a very quick sort of machine gun style rant and then bef- without even pausing for breath at the end he'll go alright guys thanks for watching like and don't forget to like and subscribe to my channel his delivery is brilliant right let's hear him on this one then well like well, we're all Spurs Saturday it's a shameful thing to say it's not a good thing to say but I don't see any other way of getting this fucking manager out of this football club but look yeah I want to lose on Saturday I'll take a couple of fucking losses to fucking lose that's what I'll do I don't care I'll take it a little bit of pain for long-term gain. I'm up, I'm signed me up straight away. Well, you can't take a loss. It's going to hurt you that much. Yeah, it'll hurt on the day. But what hurts more? More of this fucking yo-yo cycle that we're on one dollar. Win a couple, lose, draw. Win a couple, same fucking shit. Lose a final, lose a semi-final. Play football, shit football. Is that what you want to do? Because I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. And I'm sure a lot of you are too. But you just won't say it. I will lose. I will, I'll, I'll make... Sometimes in life, right, the difficult decisions aren't the most popular ones. They're not the most popular ones, but they're the right thing. And that's a difficult thing to do. But I'll take losing to get him out because I don't know any way of getting this man out because the Glazers are ambitious. The Glazers don't care. They've done this to us. They've kept him in a job. They're the real enemy. Ollie really is just a fucking scapegoat. But unfortunately, we can't get the Glazers out because there isn't the appetite for the protest, for sustained protests. There isn't. It's just not there. So we're left with, well, like, what else are we supposed to do? So, unfortunately, we're stuck with all Easy, easiest problem to get out of the club. So I'll take losing. I don't like it. I don't want to lose, but I'll take it to get him out. I hope we lose to Spurs. I hope we lose to City. And that should be the final nail in the fucking coffin to get Oli Gunnar Solskjaer out and bring his reign to a fucking end because I've had enough of it. And a lot of you have too. Stop lying to yourselves. There's no good news to fucking get out of the club. End of discussion. Ollie out. What, what do you think he's getting at? <laughs> Stop lying to yourselves. I don't really know what he is getting at because he doesn't have... like Unless he sabotages the games is he saying that sometimes the uh, the right decisions are the unpopular ones so i've decided to lose and they won like he he can't do anything about this even if he if he decides to lose but the players win i hope he's all right <laughs> <laughs> but i mean they did win didn't they which is on reflection quite, quite funny. funny yeah and this is yeah, the thing because they're just they are in that sweet spot aren't they where he just always does just enough to stay in the job and you know that he's not the right man for it and it's if, hilarious. If they could scrape a point up against Man City, that might be even better. Mm. I mean, well, I'd like a, I take a scum win. I know sometimes the right decisions <laughs> are not the popular ones, but I'd take a scum win in that just because that would really give the mirage to Solskjaer being good for them. Yeah. And I think it would keep him there. Three until, more months. Three more months. I think it keeps him there till January. And then if they give him a transfer budget and they get some like six more Van der Beeks through the door. <laughs> Wonderful. But it did see the end of Nuno, which is a you know, a shame of sorts. Well, not really doing anything, was he? Just <laughs> no. standing watching. I don't think he, he likes it. 
he knew he was going to be sacked as soon. Well, given he was about their eighth choice or something for the job, and they were like the most reluctant managerial appointment ever. He looked like he needed a bloody good holiday after Wolves, didn't he? Never mind going to Spurs. Mm. And the other good thing about it is it means that the only good available manager is now at Tottenham, so we can't go to Scum. So you know you're going to sack Solskjaer if Conte's at Spurs. Put Nuno in at Old Trafford. That's what they need. Well, they they don't like the old uh, negative football, do they? No. So it would be perfect. <laughs> right. Paul Cook, this was a great clip. Loads of people um, sent this to us as well, so thank you if you did. Uh, he's the Ipswich manager? He is, yes. He was the Wigan manager when they kept beating us and making us all very sad when, yeah. we, were, when we were trying our best to, to get always, out of the championship. He was always quite nice about it. I never had he a was. problem with uh, Paul Cook. He seemed like a sound, a sound fellow, but sound seems to be the issue. I mean, this is a clip of his post-game interview. And to make it completely clear, I've not chopped this at all. Well, I've chopped the ends and the start and end off it. But the transition in the middle that you'll hear is entirely as it is. The times we give the goals away, you could not make up. Yeah. You couldn't make up. You just couldn't. Um, you know, it is what it is. So I've got to be careful what I say. Um, and then after we go two on behind, probably have the best spell in the game that we have. Create probably three or four clear-cut chances. They have to score. And unfortunately for us, we didn't. You know, and when you give goals away, it puts pressure on you at the other end. And we're always searching to repeat that Portsmouth performance. And unfortunately today, we couldn't do it. <laughs> What's causing that? Why did it breathe? I'm, I'm willing him to breathe. <laughs> he's half Deitch. He's half a Scouse Deitch, isn't he? Yeah. But he's, um, but yeah, the, the when he goes, halfway through, it's great. It's been going on for years. There's, um, it was first highlighted as a clip from uh, 2017 when he was at Wigan. And his voice does exactly the same thing. And um, last year as well, it's kind of been bubbling along for a while. In the, yeah, he's gone mainstream this weekend, but um, it's crossed over. <laughs> hope he's all right. <laughs> like you should probably, you know, have, have somebody have a look at that. If he's not <laughs> in the, uh, it kind of gives me some security that he he must like between 2017 and now he must have had somebody check that there's, <laughs> there's nothing seriously wrong with the fella's throat. Most people have gone, you do know that's not how a person should sound. He's gone, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's great value. I enjoyed that anyway. Well, does that wrap up propaganda for this week then? I think so. Hopefully, um, Leicester fans are a bit more uh, interesting. They're, they're wild. What, what, so they've what, they got a fox pit instead of a snake pit? Well, I mean, the, the, the snake's nothing to do with the canary, is it? So who no. knows Who knows what they have? Yeah. Uh, An iguana hole <laughs> or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sounds about right. Well, we will return with more propaganda in the wake of the of the Leicester game. We're going to uh, do the main show now, the weekly show. So do check that out, YouTube and audio. And we'll thank you for watching or listening to this one. See you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.